Section 9 of When We Were Very Young This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. When We Were Very Young by A. A. Milne Section 9 Halfway Down Halfway down the stairs is a stair where I sit. There isn't any other stair quite like it. I'm not at the bottom. I'm not at the top. So this is the stair where I always stop. Halfway up the stairs isn't up and isn't down. It isn't in the nursery. It isn't in the town and all sorts of funny thoughts run round my head. It isn't really anywhere. It's somewhere else instead. THE INVADERS In careless patches through the wood, the clumps of yellow primrose stood, and sheets of white anemones, like driven snows against the trees, had covered up the violet, and left the bluebell bluer yet. Along the narrow carpet ride, with primroses on either side, between their shadows and the sun, the cows came slowly, one by one, breathing the early morning air and leaving it still sweeter there, and, one by one, intent upon their purposes, they followed on in ordered silence and were gone. But all the little wood was still, as if it waited so, until some blackbird on an outpost yew, watching the slow procession through, lifted his yellow beak at last to whistle that the line had passed. Then all the wood began to sing its morning anthem to the spring. Before Tea Emmeline has not been seen for more than a week. She slipped between the two tall trees at the end of the green. We all went after her. Emmeline! Emmeline, I didn't mean, I, I only said that your hands weren't clean. We went to the trees at the end of the green. But Emmeline was not to be seen. Emmeline came slipping between the two tall trees at the end of the green. We all ran up to her. Emmeline, where have you been? Where have you been? Why, it's more than a week. And Emmeline said, Sillies, I went and saw the queen. She says my hands are perfectly clean. Teddy Bear A bear however hard he tries, grows tubby without exercise. Our teddy bear is short and fat, which is not to be wondered at. He gets what exercise he can by falling off the ottoman, and generally seems to lack the energy to clamber back. Now, tubbiness is just the thing which gets a fellow wondering, and Teddy worried lots about the fact that he was rather stout. He thought, if only I were thin, but how does anyone begin? 
he thought, it really isn't fair to grudge me exercise and air. For many weeks he pressed in vain his nose against the window-pane, and envied those who walked about, reducing their unwanted stout. None of the people he could see is quite, he said, as fat as me. Then, with a still more moving sigh, I mean, he said, as fat as I. Now Teddy, as was only right, slept in the ottoman at night, and with him crowded in as well more animals than I can tell. Not only these, but books and things, such as a kind relation brings, old tales of once upon a time, and history retold in rhyme. One night it happened that he took a peep at an old picture-book, wherein he came across, by chance, the picture of a king of France, a stoutish man, and down below these words, King Louis so-and-so, nicknamed the Handsome. There he sat, and think of it, the man was fat. Our bear rejoiced like anything to read about this famous king, nicknamed the Handsome. There he sat, and certainly the man was fat. Nicknamed the Handsome, not a doubt, the man was definitely stout. Why, then, a bear, for all his tub, might yet be named the Handsome Cub. Might yet be named, or did he mean that years ago he might have been? Uh, for now he felt a slight misgiving. Is Louis so-and-so still living? Fashions in beauty have a way of altering from day to day. Is handsome Louis with us yet? Unfortunately, I forget. Next morning, nose to window-pane, the doubt occurred to him again. One question hammered in his head. Is he alive, or is he dead? Thus, nose to pane, he pondered, but the lattice window, loosely shut, swung open, with one startled, oh, our Teddy disappeared below. There happened to be passing by a plump man with a twinkling eye, who, seeing Teddy in the street, raised him politely to his feet, and murmured kindly in his ear soft words of comfort and of cheer. Well, well, allow me, not at all. Tut, tut, a very nasty fall. Our Teddy answered not a word. It's doubtful if he even heard. Our bear could only look and look. The stout man in the picture-book! That handsome king, could this be he? This man of adiposity? Impossible, he thought, but still, no harm in asking. Yes, I will. Are you, he said, by any chance, His Majesty the King of France? The other answered, I am that bowed stiffly, and removed his hat. Then said, "'Excuse me,' with an air, "'but is it Mr. Edward Bear?' And Teddy, bending very low, replied politely, "'Even so.' They stood beneath the window there, the King and Mr. Edward Bear, and, handsome, 
if a trifle fat, talk carelessly of this and that. Then said his majesty, well, well, I must get on, and rang the bell. Your bear, I think, he smiled, good day, and turned, and went upon his way. A bear, however hard he tries, grows tubby without exercise. Our teddy bear is short and fat, which is not to be wondered at. But do you think it worries him to know that he is far from slim? No, just the other way about. He's proud of being short and stout. Bad Sir Brian Botany Sir Brian had a battle-axe with great big knobs on. He went among the villagers and blipped them on the head. On Wednesday and on Saturday, but mostly on the latter day, he called at all the cottages, and this is what he said. I am Sir Brian, tingling. I am Sir Brian, rat-tat. I am Sir Brian, as bold as a lion, take that, and that, and that. Sir Brian had a pair of boots with great big spurs on, a fighting pair of which he was particularly fond. On Tuesday and on Friday, just to make the streets look tidy, he'd collect the passing villagers and kick them in the pond. I am Sir Brian, persplash. I am Sir Brian, spurlosh. I am Sir Brian, as bold as a lion, as anyone else for a wash. Sir Brian woke one morning, and he couldn't find his battle-axe. He walked into the village in his second pair of boots. He had gone a hundred paces when the street was full of faces, and the villagers were round him with ironical salutes. "'You are Sir Brian, indeed. You are Sir Brian, dear, dear. You are Sir Brian, as bold as a lion, delighted to meet you here.' Sir Brian went a journey and he found a lot of duckweed. They pulled him out and dried him, and they blipped him on the head. They took him by the breeches, and they hurled him into ditches, and they pushed him under waterfalls, and this is what they said. You are Sir Brian. Don't laugh. You are Sir Brian. Don't cry. You are Sir Brian, as bold as a lion. Sir Brian the lion, good-bye. Sir Brian struggled home again and chopped up his battle-axe. Sir Brian took his fighting boots and threw them in the fire. He is quite a different person now. He hasn't got his spurs on, and he goes about the village as B. Botany, Esquire. I am Sir Brian? Oh, no! I am Sir Brian? Who's he? I haven't got any title. I'm Botany. Plain Mr. Botany, B. End of section.